This is a hypothetically great podcast. This is Tech News for MBAs. I'm Paul Canetti. It is Friday, October 14th, 2022. This week, I was back on campus at Columbia Business School after taking the first half of the semester off to spend some time with my new daughter, Summer. She's doing great. Uh, And it was awesome just to be back in the classroom, uh, meeting a fresh set of students and talking about, you know, all things tech. Um, There is still such an interesting trend that I see talking to my students, talking to uh, new startup founders, people that are embarking on uh, a new career of some sort. And they're all just still focused on mobile apps, on smartphones. And I cannot emphasize enough that we are at the end of that period in the history of the internet. It's not that these devices are going to go away forever, just like we still use computers. Uh, They might go away, by the way. I don't know. But clearly, this isn't just the end point, right? Mobile and mobile apps are just part of a larger continuum that is leading us along. And the next step is clearly going to be some combination of augmented reality, virtual reality, uh, decentralized systems, and Web3, all these things that are sort of floating around metaverse stuff. Uh, and no company has sort of more publicly staked their reputation than, of course, Meta. And a year ago, they renamed their company from Facebook to Meta to really declare this is where things are going and we want to help bring that change about. And so this episode is about Meta. We're a year in since that uh, name change, since that announcement, that declaration. And um, let's talk about it. You know, where are they? Why are people still so skeptical about this stuff? And uh, otherwise, as always, please consider leaving a rating or review for this podcast. Keeps it fresh, keeps us higher up in the search results. And if you don't subscribe already, go to my website, paulcanetti.org, and subscribe to my free weekly newsletter, Product Tips, which is exactly what it sounds like. And now, on to the headlines. Meta had their annual conference, Meta Connect, celebrating one year since their rebranding from Facebook to Meta. Almost exactly a year ago, I published an episode of this podcast called Meta, What You Need to Know and Why It Matters. And the description of that episode was, there is no Facebook, only Meta. Mark Zuckerberg has laid out a long-term vision for his company in a way that most public CEOs wouldn't dare. And if he pulls it off, Meta has the potential to be much bigger and even more influential than Facebook ever was. So, I completely stand by that. Um, Since then, 
Mark Zuckerberg and his company Meta have really gotten a lot of crap from pretty much everybody uh, as if a year was enough time to actually build uh, and evaluate this new trajectory. He said explicitly a year ago, this is going to take years, if not decades, to really happen. He was simply setting the intention of walking down this path. Last week, there was a piece in the New York Times titled Skepticism, Confusion, Frustration. Inside Mark Zuckerberg's Metaverse Struggles. And the subhead here was Meta's push to develop virtual and augmented reality technology has had a bumpy year. Of course, if you actually read the article, the only thing they are quote unquote reporting on is that some employees internally don't really get or support the vision. Not that they're not doing it, but that they don't necessarily believe in it. Or they'll report other things in this article that are well known. For instance, they have burned $10 billion in the last year on this Reality Labs unit that's building this stuff. And yeah, they have. Could they be doing it for cheaper? Probably. But that's not the point here. The point is that they're taking a really, really big swing. If in the end, and to me, you can't really judge that for much more than a single year's time, they fail. And to me, failing means not that the metaverse is not going to happen, but that they fail to capture this new and emerging market. And basically, a competitor gets it instead. Read between the lines. I am talking about Apple. Then, yeah, sure, that will have been perhaps a wasted effort. Although even then, it's hard to imagine calling it a waste. But of course, if they win in the space or at least take a sizable share of the market, this will define their company for decades to come. For the next hundred years, who knows? If you're Mark Zuckerberg, this is your life's work. What else are you going to do? You're just going to see how you can squeeze out a few more ad dollars from every user on Instagram for the rest of your life? That can't possibly be the end game of this company and of this person's aspirations. And so I'm not the biggest Facebook fan or even the biggest Mark Zuckerberg fan, but you have to admire what he's doing. And now with MetaConnect 2022, a year later, we can see how they really have made a lot of progress on the technology and they are just doing it in public. And I think that is the part that people have a hard time uh, swallowing. Let's say that Apple hits the market in a few years, in 2024, 2025, with just a sick, amazing augmented reality headset, basically looks like a normal pair of glasses, except that uh, you see this incredibly vibrant and rich and realistic uh, virtual world overlaid on top of the real world. And you can do all this cool stuff and you can move your hands and everything uh, is gesture controlled and uh, the appearance of other people's clothing and faces are photorealistic. That would be incredible. And everyone would say, wow, Apple did it. That's amazing. But of course, it would have taken years and years and years and years of internal work to develop that technology. To me, what Meta is doing is 
exactly that. They're just doing it in public. Their prototypes become products that you can buy. Uh, each time they improve their graphics, you know about it because we saw the bad graphics and we see the better graphics. Um, TechCrunch had a sort of a tongue-in-cheek headline this week. I'll put it in the show notes. The headline reads, Meta announces legs, which honestly is the headline I should have used uh, at the top of this episode. Because why? Their avatars now have legs. They used to be floating torsos with heads and arms, and now they have legs and feet. Yeah, that's because this is something that needs to be built in sequence. If you're going to build virtual avatars, you're going to start with faces, then you're going to add arms, you're going to add torso, eventually you're going to get to the legs, eventually to the feet. And yeah, you could do that all internally, and then many years in the future say, ta-da, we've got avatars with full bodies. But instead, what they're doing is just releasing quite literally piece by piece. Now, they announced a few tangible things that you can actually go online and buy or at least pre-order right now, like the MetaQuest Pro. Their Quest 2 headset is an amazing piece of technology. It costs only $400. This is the you know pro version of that headset, which costs $1,500. So obviously, only someone that's really into this stuff would want to buy this or maybe someone that is using their company credit card. Wink, wink. But what it does is it gives a clue into the type of technology that eventually will make its way to the consumer grade, right? So again, they're putting it out there. They're saying, look, we have this incredible pass-through technology, which allows you to see in full color and high quality the world around you to create augmented or what they call mixed reality applications. It has really high fidelity graphics amazing facial and eye tracking so that uh, your avatar can blink and open its eyes wide uh, in tandem with your actual facial movements. You can also even use your eyes to control the UI. You know, imagine looking at something in the virtual environment and being able to select it just with your eyes. There's some really cool stuff happening there, but it's super expensive to create a headset like this. So they're going to charge a lot of money for it. It's only really for a small niche of users, but eventually this stuff's going to make its way down the chain. And then they also demoed during the actual presentation some technology that's purely in R&D, stuff that's nowhere near being ready for mass consumption, even in a sort of pro headset like this. But it gives you a clue into how they're thinking about creating these virtual worlds. And I think it's really cool and refreshing to see that sort of uh, deep inside sort of baseball um, exposed publicly. Like I'm nerding out on this stuff. Uh, whereas again, other companies, Apple being the far extreme on the other side, would never show you the work in progress. It's just not their style. Um, and so I think people misunderstand what's happening here. They are building in public uh, and showing us along the way exactly what they're doing, exactly what they're trying to do, and exactly where they're trying to go. And I think it's really, really cool. Uh, maybe the thing that I saw uh, at MetaConnect that was the most impressive was this avatar of Mark Zuckerberg, which looks indistinguishable from a video of him. I'll put this in the show notes as well. You're watching it, it looks like just a video recording of Mark Zuckerberg speaking. But then you realize 
it's a virtualization. It's a cartoon, essentially, but it's so realistic. The muscles in his face and each strand of hair and his eyelashes and the lighting and the shadows and um, it's incredible. And this is not available in real time, but you can see how it's going to go there. And I'm just so gratified to see that a big company is starting to talk about things this way because this is exactly how I've been thinking about it now for the last five, six years. When people uh, see these sort of low fidelity avatars um, in apps like Snapchat or Memoji in iOS, and they're like, oh, these cute little cartoons. It's like, yeah, yeah. But that's just how it is today. Eventually, these will be photorealistic and you can represent yourself in a virtual environment with something that basically looks indistinguishable from you. And not only that, it doesn't need to be you. It could be anyone. You could create a new face for yourself or you could wear someone else's face. It starts to get really weird, but it is absolutely coming. Now, if you know me, you know that my interest here is mostly in augmented reality over virtual reality. And there were some big steps made here towards augmented reality or what uh, they're calling mixed reality with this new color, uh, high quality sort of pass through with the MetaQuest Pro. And to me, the sorts of experiences that you're going to be able to start to have on this device are really bringing virtual elements into the real world, into your field of vision. So you're in a real space with real people doing real stuff, but it's augmented with digital objects and digital experiences, um, which is basically what we're doing all day on our phones, right? Like you're in the real world, but you have this little rectangle, this little window into the digital world with you at all times. Don't lie to me. You're bringing it to the bathroom. You're looking at it when you're walking up and down a staircase, right? You are constantly in the real world and also participating in the digital world. We're doing that today. But to me, the smartphone is like an MVP of this. How limiting that it's just contained in this one little screen within our larger field of vision. What augmented reality glasses ultimately allow for is for that screen to be any or all of your field of vision and fully integrated into the scene in a way that now it's very separate what's happening on your screen, what's happening in the world. Um, but these two things can start to really interplay with uh, each other in some what I think are going to be really fascinating and, and impactful ways. So yeah, you're not going to want to walk down the street wearing one of these big Oculus Quest uh, Pros. Oop, slip of the tongue, Meta Quest Pros. Of course not. But this is essentially, again, an MVP, a prototype uh, of what this will look like. And if you follow Moore's Law and all of the general trends of technology throughout human history, yes, these things are going to get smaller, lighter, cheaper. And the time horizon almost doesn't matter. Will that happen in a year? Will it happen in five years? Will it happen in 50 years? I think we can all agree over enough of a time horizon, it will happen. You will be able to fit all of this stuff into a normal looking pair of glasses. And when you walk into the store, you go into Warby Parker and you're like, I need a pair of sunglasses. And they're like, okay, cool. Do you want just like the normal sunglasses or do you want the sunglasses with the weather widget? 
in the corner of your glass. You're like, oh, sure. Does it cost any different? They're like, nope. Same price. You want the boring ones or the ones with the weather wizard? You're like, yeah, sure. I'll take that. And then the next time you're going to buy sunglasses. Okay. So this one, you can also get, you know, your text notifications, or you can also see uh, the star ratings of every restaurant you walk by as you walk down the street in your glasses. Do you want just the regular ones with just the weather or you want the one with the star ratings on the restaurant? You're like, um, are they the same price? Yep, same price. Sure, I'll take that one. You can just imagine how this progresses over time until everybody has smart glasses and those smart glasses are going to do everything your smartphone can do today and much, much, much more. And when I see a device like the MetaQuest Pro, this is the beginning of that. It's just, yeah, no one would wear this walking down the street. Not yet. But it's going to get smaller, lighter, cheaper, and eventually we will be wearing these devices. And if you don't believe me, you should read the headlines from when the iPhone first came out. Why would anyone need this when they have their laptops in their bags with them at all times? We all know how that ended. All right. That's my rant. I think this is freaking cool. Uh, You can hate on Meta all you want. And I have plenty to criticize uh, there as well. But when it comes to these investments they're making, really putting their neck out, exposing their R&D for the world to see, burning a ton of money and really thinking long term about where this is going. From a business perspective, it makes all the sense in the world. If they can pull it off, if they can own the devices, operating system, sort of base level of this new emerging ecosystem that positions them in a way where they could become the sort of business that Apple has been for the last 10, 15 years. You know, the most valuable company on the planet Earth and that the planet Earth has ever seen. That seems like a worthwhile ambition. And otherwise, what is this company? It's just going to remain some apps that are being used on someone else's platform, namely Apple or Google's platforms. And if you're meta, why would you just accept that as your fate? So I get it. I hope you get it. Uh, Check out some of these videos. I'm going to put some stuff in the show notes. It's really inspiring. It's really cool. And again, if you are considering your own career prospects, uh, I would be thinking beyond mobile. Um, and there's a lot of money, aka a lot of jobs that are being created in this metaverse space. And, um, you know, don't listen to the haters because, uh, there will always be haters, but somebody is inventing the future. And by definition, the future is being built today. I'm Paul Canetti. I'll see you next week for more tech news for MBAs. This is a really good podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>